fantasy sports, news, analysis, and opinion. This is Key to the Game with Dex Dunford and Colby McKee. Welcome into episode 29 of Key to the Game Fantasy Sports Podcast. It's Saturday, December the 10th. We've already started uh, fantasy football playoffs for most of you out there. We've got NBA going on. We've got NHL as well. And we're going to hit it all in this nice, compact podcast here on a Saturday. I'm Colby McKee alongside Dex Dunford. Dex, how are you doing today? Apparently, I'm doing better than you are. You are. You, you can sound a little, tell my voice, hey? Sound it's a little, little bit sickums? rough. What's little that, What's that? You're a little sickums? Yeah, a little You're deaf, too? Uh, I can't even hear, too, but it's, uh, oh, man. I mean, going around the office today, and and this week especially, it's just been really rough and worn down a little bit. So I do apologize. I might sound a little bit... A little bit rough. If I get really high, like a 13-year-old Colby, you'll know why. Uh, more than normal. But we're going to power through today and power through this weekend, heading into week 14 in the NFL. As always, we're going to give some of our top picks heading into Sunday and maybe Monday as well. What's the, the, the Monday, actually, is a pretty interesting game between New England and Baltimore. That's an interesting Monday nighter. Yeah, a battle of the steady Eddie defenses. Those guys, they were going back and forth a few years back for the AFC Championship game. Yeah. So it's a really good Monday matchup. So we'll get into that as well. And uh, we're going to touch on some NHL topics, uh, things that are floating around the league for your fantasy team, both uh, FanDuel-wise as well as your season long. So without further ado, uh, we'll, we'll touch on quarterbacks to start here in the NFL section. And uh, we talked about it on Wednesday's podcast about guys we like in cash. Um, I like Matt Stafford against Chicago. I think you were on the Jameis Winston train. Is that right? Um, I liked Jameis Winston. I, I was kind of thinking more as a GPP. Okay, who was your who's your your top quarterback? I can't remember what your quarterback. Well, you know what? I didn't. I, uh, Jameis Winston was my quarterback. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, he was. He was my Wednesday top five quarterback. Twins, okay, but I'm thinking more of a GPP there, and the reason why is because I. I think that quarterback ownership is going to be very spread out this week. It's going to be very unpredictable because the two guys to own, I think, are David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, who are both the two highest-priced running backs and two highest-priced players, period, this week. Right. Um, and so me trying to get them into my lineups, because I want both of them in my cash lineups. GPP-wise, I might try and mix them up with some other guys and only have ownership on one of them. But I've been basically trying to work... Johnson and Bell into all my cash lineups, which means quarterback-wise, I'm paying down. Okay. And I feel like a lot of people might do that, and it's going to be very unpredictable because there's a lot of guys kind of in that mid-low range that you could you could play. I mean, Cousins is one, um, but personally, I went with Carson Palmer. Okay. As my cash play because I think he's got a great matchup. He's pretty low priced for the matchup that he's got and the results that he's put up the last couple of weeks. And he kind of fits in nicely with my, we can talk about this later, but my David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell stack. So he's right around that Colin Kaepernick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Ryan Tannehill duo there. I guess it's a trio. He's 7,400. So I do like the price. He's right around and cousins was 7,500 last week uh, against Arizona. This week he's going up against Philadelphia but Palmer is interesting. Do you think cash wise, though? I'm thinking like that. You are. You're right. You have to pay down a little bit for quarterback if you're going to pay up for those big boys. But is is he the guy? You think people are going to you know lend? Maybe they pay up for Cousins more of a cash lineup. That's possible. The thing that I, and I was trying to do that. I was trying to go with Cousins and then get Johnson and Bell in there. But I found that I was really 
paying down throughout some other positions and getting some guys that I was like, man, do I want to do I want to give up a potential, let's say, five to ten points between Cousins and Palmer and then maybe take a zero with somebody that I'm really not feeling confident about my wide receiver tight end spot. Right. Um, I think that the really high, almost unanimous ownership of Johnson and Bell allows you to kind of be a little more risky in one position. If you're trying to follow the pack, if you get those two guys, I guarantee probably 80% of lineups are going to have one of those guys, at least one of those guys. For sure. And I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I don't feel as highly on Bell this week as I do Johnson. Obviously, we talked about him last week, Johnson being, I mean, he hits value. He's the, like, he's the number one, almost a free square pretty much every week you put David Johnson in your lineup. Lev Bell against Buffalo, I, I honestly don't feel very strongly about him. I feel like there's better backs out there that you can save your money a little bit, but that's just me. I mean, you obviously feel, feel really high on Bell more this week than you did last week. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily really high on him. I think he'll have a good game. I don't think he's going to be the you top think scoring he's running be back. High ownership. I think he's going to be high ownership, and that's why I want him. Is because if he does go off, which he always has that potential to go off, I want to be on that train. And if he doesn't, he's going to be highly owned enough that it's probably not going to hurt my lineup. Okay. So that's the thinking I'm going in with it. You're you're right. I I do like his matchup a little bit just because I think he's one of those players that's matchup proof. Right. We talk mm-hmm. David Johnson's matchup proof. Lev Bell is, you know, right on the edge of being, I would say, undisputed matchup proof. So, you know, he may not put up 35 points for me, but if he puts up, you know, 15 to 20, it's not a great game. It's it's not a GPP quality play. You're not going to win a tournament with that, but it'll be good for your cash lineup and considering the ownership that he's going to have. Um, you know, you're, again, like I said, you're going to either follow the pack if, if he has a great game and everybody's got him, you're following that pack. If he has a bad game and everybody's got him, you didn't lose any ground on the rest of the pack and then it's up to your, the rest of your lineup to, to do work. Exactly. No, so you, there's definitely sacrifices that have to be made uh, in your lineup, whether you're, you're paying up for running back, you're paying up for wide out. Um, Stafford is the second highest quarterback this week, so he's he's a pretty penny as well. I like the matchup personally. Drew Brees, he beat Drew Brees last week. Drew Brees is the highest priced quarterback this week, so I'm a little bit surprised on that. Uh, but I mean, you know, you got Matt Ryan in that realm. You got Jameis Winston, uh, the opposite quarterback facing Drew Brees this week in Tampa Bay. And I think more than ever, I think people are really starting to realize that weather is going to start affecting these matchups more and more. Um, the East Coast is apparently going to be getting it this weekend, uh, including the Sunday night game and, and the Monday night in New England. So um, weather especially is going to be a key factor. So, you know, that also probably factors in your decision as well. Uh, Palmer in Miami facing the Dolphins. I like Stafford at home in the Dome against Chicago. So that definitely helps out. But um, any other, you know, quarterback-wise, you got Andrew Luck, Big Ben. Um, any other high you know, percentage quarterbacks that you kind of like other than, you know, reaching down. If if your ideal lineup didn't have Johnson and Bell and you could afford another one of these mid-quarterbacks, is there anybody that catches your eye? Um, Probably Luck. You like Luck. I do like Luck. Um, and we were talking about the weather. They'll be in the Dome in Indianapolis. Um, so I always like that. And, and kicker-wise, I always look for guys in the Dome. Even if you're in a place that has nice weather outside, it just feels like people kick so much better in the dome, even if it's just a slight breeze. Um, so I guess that leads into Adam Vinatieri as well. But um, yeah, I like Luck in the dome. Uh, he's got a decent price point. I think he'll be fairly highly owned. 
Uh, he's got obviously the name recognition, all of that. It kind of just everything's coming together, and he's playing Houston, who's not a, not a great team, but somehow still in the playoff picture. I don't understand that, but right, people are picking them over the Titans and the Colts in terms of making the playoffs out of that. I don't see it, but I don't know. Maybe Brock Osweiler turns it on. I mean, he you got to think that somewhere deep, deep, deep inside of Brock Osweiler, there's a little bit of potential that could come out, and he that's the reason that they signed him. He with the Broncos. Him. I don't know what happened. I think he rode that defense, though. He rode that well, defense. Well, he did, but I'm saying he wasn't in as incompetent as he was or as he's showing right now with Houston. I don't know. But, um, no, I mean, that, that's a good matchup. I like, I like Luck this week as well. Prescott, I'm just looking at Dak Prescott. I mean, he's starting to become, he's not throwing for 350 and four touchdowns like a Kirk Cousins is. And he's not a game manager per se. He hasn't gotten that persona, but he really hasn't been asked to do so much with the Cowboys offense. He's riding with Zeke as well, and he's making the throws that he needs to do against the Giants on Sunday night. It is outdoors. Maybe probably Prescott or Wilson, kind of a GPP play, you think? Oh, for sure. I actually really like Prescott this week, and I was initially thinking him maybe as a cash play. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think his ownership's going to be high enough, which makes him, again, a nice GPP play. And I was actually reading an interesting stat, and the price point he's at, um, he's kind of floated around there this season. Um, obviously started lower. He's been a little bit higher. Uh, but that price point that he's at, the only time he hasn't hit that value was two games. And one of them was, like, his first game of the year. So Against the Giants, though. Yeah, but I mean, revenge game. We're watching a we're watching a team who started their season with two rookies, basically, in two of their biggest positions, and then have since gone on to be the most dominant team in football. Right. I could see Dak Prescott putting at least putting up a three times value this weekend, which is like I'm not saying he's going to be the top scoring QB, but he might be a very good value this week. I like that. I mean, Prescott took over for arguably, probably when healthy a top seven, top eight quarterback in this league in Tony Romo. So the dude has talent. It's not it's undeniable. And he's got so many, you know, different attributes that, that kind of surpass what Romo could offer. And that's why he's kept the job. And that's why when you team him up with Zeke Elliott, that duo uh, is looking so good for Dallas for years to come. And in a matchup like this, Giants, it's a revenge game. Like you said, they're trying to avenge their only loss on the year back in week one. Uh, they're on a huge roll. Uh, and they're going to be, they're might be running the ball, but it's also going to have to make some throws against the Giants secondary. I like Russell Wilson as well. We talked about going up against Green Bay, uh, and Green Bay has been, you know, we've talked about it. They're, they've been bad. They've been brutal. Uh, it's in Green Bay. The weather is definitely not going to be uh, pretty for Seattle. But Seattle goes through the rain and crap all the time, yeah. so it's not like it's really out of their their realm. Uh, it's a late Sunday start as well, so it's going to get darker out in Lambeau. Definitely a GPP. I'm not putting him in cash, but Wilson, that offense could go for five points. They could go for 35 points, really. It's it's up to them, really. That's the only thing that scares me about Wilson is his inconsistency. But yeah, he's got the matchup this week. He's got a very plus-plus matchup. Um, Green Bay's given up a ton of points to quarterbacks and wide receivers. You know, pair him with Baldwin, pair him with Graham. Uh, that could be a good option for a GPP. But yeah, his inconsistency is the only thing that turns me off using Russell Wilson. I just, every time I choose him, I feel like, you know, I don't feel comfortable, even though the stats are telling me he's got a good matchup and everything. I just kind of like, oh, cross your fingers, hope you get him on a good week, right? So. Oh, it's, it's so frustrating with him. Exactly. like Because we've had him in, in really plus-plus matchups. That Tampa Bay was supposed to be a really plus matchup, and they put up five points. Yeah. 
nobody nobody stood out. I mean, you're finally jumping off the Marcus Mariota train this week, going up against Denver. I know you had Carr uh, in your season long, and that really looks like it bit you in the ass. Uh, but you're not the only one because bet you you know everybody starts their studs and they put Carr in as a top five quarterback this week. And that bitch in the butt. But you're off the Mariota train. Cam Newton against San Diego. I, I'm I'm starting Cousins if I had to. I have Cousins and Newton in, in one of my leagues uh, heading into the consolation side of, of playoffs. So I'm not starting Newton. Eli's there against Dallas. Uh, Andy Dalton against Cleveland. Maybe. Maybe people are going to save some money that way and go up against the Cleveland crappy defense. That was going to be my other thought um, earlier this week. I think I was thinking Andy Dalton was going to be my guy, um, and I'm. It's it's still kind of in the back of my mind. Who knows? I don't want to do that tinker thing where you swap out your, your quarterbacks, um, and then you know you end up regretting it on the weekend. But uh, I've gone back and forth on Andy Dalton all week. The only thing that concerns me again is the game script. If they get up ahead, uh, are they going to be running the ball, passing it off to Jeremy Hill a lot? Um, or is he going to keep throwing it? Could the game be very close? We've seen Cleveland put up some points throughout the season. They kind of slowed down a little bit lately. They started hot offensively. Uh, they got RG3. That's a question mark and a half. Uh, he hasn't played since week one. Yeah, so I mean, what's, what's going to happen there? What's the game script going to be? That's the thing that turns me off that play. But, it, I mean, on paper, it's a nice play. Exactly. So tons of quarterbacks to choose from. Um, it looks like you might have to pay down potentially if you want to get everybody you like into your lineup. It's really hard to fit. We talked about this on, on Wednesday. Um, fitting your ideal lineup, or at least my ideal lineup, um, is, is very difficult with the salaries this week. So running back-wise, we talked about David Johnson. We talked about Lev Bell. Um, if Me personally, I kind of like going down from Bell and getting Matt Forte in that really good matchup against San Francisco. Save about $1,000, $1,300 in salary, and like Forte uh, against San Fran, see if he can get a couple touchdowns. Yeah, and I think Forte is not a bad play cash-wise or GPP-wise. Um, I think just with the names that are above him, like Johnson and Bell, uh, he's not going to have crazy high ownership that we've seen with some running backs going up against San Francisco. But I also think uh, he'll have decent ownership. So I don't know. Yeah, he kind of goes both ways, cash game or GPP play. I think he's an option both ways. I, I got some ownership on Forte this weekend. Just because that San Francisco matchup, you can't ignore that. Yes, there are very nice names, Johnson and Bell, and I'm definitely using both of them in my cash lineups. I want to have that ownership. But um, as you look away from cash games, GPP, where you want to differentiate yourself, yeah, Forte should be a consideration for every GPP lineup, I think. You got Zeke Bell there at number three. I like I like the eighty five hundred as well. I like the matchup. I like Shady McCoy there going up against Buffalo, so the opposite back in that Pittsburgh Buffalo game. Demarco Murray is highly priced. Jordan Howard after his big week of three touchdowns, very highly priced. Uh, you know, lots lots of backs. I mean, Doug Martin going up against New Orleans actually seems like a pretty decent matchup. Now there is questions about his uh, injury. Uh, and his availability for that game, but there's no designation for him as of today. He looks to be the number one back. There was talk about Jaquiz Rogers uh, getting an expanded role, but Doug Martin even cheaper than Forte and the like there at 7300 bucks. I think uh, one really big name that's going to go under-owned this week is DeMarco Murray. 
okay. because he's going up against that Broncos defense, and we know the Broncos defense is very good, but they're more of a they're they're better known for their pass defense than their run defense, and they've actually given up some decent run games this year to opposing backs. So DeMarco Murray is a name that's like he's had such a good season. He's one of the top three, four running backs this season. Um he's been productive fantasy wise, he's been productive real life wise. Uh I I think it's going to be funny to see how low his ownership is this week just because of the team he's going against. But if you look past the the numbers of Denver being a very good defense, they do give up some run yards. He's an elite running back. There could be some points there for him, especially if they kind of lay off throwing the ball. You know, that's kind of seems to be the strategy against Denver. Don't throw the ball, expose them other ways, play good defense because they don't have a great offense, and you can beat Denver. They're a beatable team. So that's definitely what Tennessee will be doing this weekend, and wouldn't be surprised to see DeMarco Murray put up some big points. 100 yards probably is in, in play with oh, DeMarco. Oh, sure. So, no, I agree. And they should know that. Like, there's so much film now on Denver uh, that Mariota's not going to try to, you know, it's, you know, ext- oh, what am I trying to say? Stretch the field with Rashard Matthews and, and uh, Tajay Sharp. Maybe hit, you know, Delaney Walker could be a, vi- a valuable play in the short game, but definitely running-wise, uh, go with DeMarco Murray. Um, I'm just looking down the list here on FanDuel. Mark Ingram is questionable with the toe, $7,100. Uh, so maybe more uh, Tim Hightower potentially. Jeremy Hill still the lead back in Cleveland going up against, or sorry, in Cincinnati going up against Cleveland. Yeah. So that's another plus matchup there for Hill. Todd Gurley has been super disappointing this year. Going up against Atlanta potentially, uh, maybe a blowout game. I don't know. Atlanta has a very bad D-line. Yeah. And it, it's, pro. I think Pro Football Focus has it ranked as one of the worst D-lines in the league. Um, you know, if they can open a couple holes for Todd Gurley, yeah, he's had a disappointing season, but he's still a talented running back, and he could qu- easily bust a quick run. Um, as soon as he gets past that, that D-line, you know, that's the hardest work done for, for a guy like him. As soon as he gets that space, then he's deadly. Uh, so... He could be an interesting GPP play, actually. Super. Um, I mean, he's seventh in carries in the league. Seventh. Because they don't really have a passing attack. No. And that's the problem. And that's why he's been having such a rough season is because other teams know that they don't necessarily have to give as much respect to the passing game as they do the running game. So they stack the box and and then Gurley just can't get that open space, which is where he, he works his magic. That's how every running back works their magic. You put him behind a bad line or a bad offense that, uh, you know, can't it is very one-dimensional then they're gonna have a bad season just like Todd Gurley is but um you know maybe they've got a nice matchup this week where even if they do stack the box they can open up some holes and and Gurley can get the space he needs to to you know break out a few big ones exactly no Devontae Booker after his hot start he's down there facing Tennessee at 6600 Thomas Rawls he had a great game last week I'm surprised to see his price as low as it is. I would, I would, yeah, I would have him above Jeremy Hill. Um, Do you think it's matchup driven against the re- pretty really good uh, Green Bay run defense? Do you think it's partly defense? Green Bay's given up some good games to running backs recently, really? though. Yeah, so I mean, not not really great. It's not like the San Francisco matchup, but no. I don't think it can be ignored. And Thomas Rawls is a top running back. I mean Thomas Rawls with nobody behind him to exactly. take his carries. He's not going to be he's not going to be a two down back. He's not going to be a change of pace back. Here's a full-time starting running back that has shown he can be a starting running back in the NFL. Unfortunately, he's had some injury troubles, but I mean 
you, I don't know if you want to necessarily hold that against a guy in a in a FanDuel league, right? We're talking one week. Maybe in a season long when you're drafting, that's a consideration. But we're talking one week. I don't know. It's a toss-up of a matchup. Green Bay has kind of got two different uh, sides to them in the running game. Or run defense, sorry. Uh, yeah, Thomas Rawls, that's another good GPP play, especially at the price. No, the price is excellent. Yeah, so you can pay up for one of your top guys in in, in David Johnson or Lev Bell. Pay down for a guy like Rawls. The guy below him, he's actually on the list, is is Adrian Peterson even. And there, there's talk that potentially next week, if the Vikings are still in playoff position, that he could activate Peterson for this stretch drive. He's only playing if they're in a, in a playoff spot. Otherwise, they're going to shut him down for the year. What do you think about that? Do you think like obviously people are starting to pick him up in season-long leagues and trying to stash him for the playoff run? He could be all oh, could be a dynamite play. You're getting a potential running back one uh, off waivers now. Oh yeah, if he I mean, plays. if if Minnesota can stay in playoff contention, and he comes back. That's huge for your season-long huge. league. Very rarely you're ever going to get a player of that caliber off waivers. That's you know that's borderline first or second round pick MVP candidate. Yeah, so um, yeah, if he's on waivers, go grab him, and he could be a sneaky play next week in Fanduel. I I always find these guys coming back off long term injuries. You know, sometimes they ease into it. Sometimes they come back and have a huge game, and and people have very short term memory in in uh, fantasy sports, and so they might not be on him, and he could be very low owned uh, next week, obviously. It's just crazy that his price of 6500 he's above guys. Jonathan Stewart's the same price. Theo Riddick, after his great week last week, had a touchdown. He's uh, more high, or he's lower price than Adrian Peterson. So they're, they're placing him there in case he does play, which I don't think he is playing. He's not even off the IR, um, the designation or whatever. But just his price is really interesting, maybe to set him up for next week. Much like a Sammy Watkins is really low, lowly priced, uh, a few weeks ago, when he came, when he came back from injury, and now with his steady performances, he's getting back up into the high sixes, low sevens, and potentially higher going uh, forward into the week. So, uh, tons of running backs. So there's you know a lot of there's still a lot of timeshares, and you got to look at weather and injuries, of course, heading into tomorrow and all the like. So. Definitely lots of running backs to choose from. Wide out wise, I mean, I love Mike Evans. He's definitely going in all of my cash lineups. We talked about that on Wednesday. Um, this is, the, for me personally, this is the category. This is the the section of my lineup where I can't fit everybody that I really like. I can get Evans. I can maybe get a Michael Thomas, which I like. But now Michael Thomas may off, be off the table with his injury designation but then that third wideout has been really tough for me to fill. Yeah, uh, I've been having the same problem, and I think that's just if you're going whether you're going Johnson Bell, Johnson Evans, Bell Evans, whatever. That third wideout kind of seems to be the spot where you have to pay down uh, tight end as well a little bit. Um, if you go with a cheaper defense, you know the Detroit Lions are a nice price this week. Then you know you can kind of claw back a couple hundred dollars there. But yeah, that third wideout position is proving to be pretty tough. Exactly. Um, I mean, a few guys. If we're if we're gonna look at that lower price, I kind of like Tyler Boyd. Yep. Um, just because of his his place in the uh, in the lineup there. Um, I'm just kind of scrolling through the prices I mean, here. Inman is still 5,500, but he's he was very touchdown dependent last week. Only had two catches, and one of them was for a touchdown. So Inman again at 5,500. I mean, you like Will? You had Will Fuller in a lineup. 
Yeah, I'm not super sure about not him. He him was kind anymore. of he was kind of a Cameron Meredith is kind of an interesting one now with Eddie Royal being out for the weekend. Yeah, and uh, and there's Taylor Gabriel around there. Um, oh yeah, because now Julio's a game time decision. Yeah, it sounds so, like Julio's gonna play. You think so? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you we talked about this earlier on. Like, they, he gives those designations, but he's been the most reliable. I mean, he, yeah, he's almost lived the last two years of his career with some sort with of injuries, designation, right? right? So. Um, I think he'll play, and you know it might be a little bit of coach speak to sort of get other teams not thinking about Julio as much. Um, I, it sounds like he's going to play. I like Garcon maybe at fifty four, even a little bit cheaper. Uh, definitely, he's probably the most stable of the um, like outside of Crowder between Crowder, Deshaun Jackson, um, and Garcon. He's the most steady receiver, I would say, with the five maybe a five fifty five yard game kind of line yeah yeah he's pretty steady um Dontrell Immins down there as well 5,500 he's got kind of a nice matchup and it looks like he's cemented himself as you know there's sort of a 1A 1B there and that's Terrell Williams and Dontrell Immins so that's right um he's kind of leapfrogged Travis Benjamin now he's got a he's got a nice little spot carved out for him in that offense who has a nice matchup this week and and you know he he could easily hit value you know he doesn't even need that big of a game. Let's say he catches six passes for 70 yards and a TD. That, that's a great game at that price, especially if we're talking cash line. Well, and I, like I said before, that's more than his line that he had last week. He only had two catches, one of them was for a touchdown. So he was very touchdown dependent last week. If he gets a line like that, you're right. That's a huge, a huge plus and, and more value than you could probably ever imagine for a guy like Inman. So that's a good choice as well. So you definitely have to find a guy probably in that lower realm for your wideouts, unless you feel um, you don't want to pay up for David Johnson. Maybe you don't want to pay up for Lev Bell, and you can, you know, and play it uh, with a cheaper running back set and maybe pay up for for quarterback. I don't know. There, there's so many strategies, as always. But for cash purposes, I feel like you probably have to, to use one of those lower wideouts to fit your lineup um, other outside of Evans, is there anybody in the top realm that that you like, and maybe you don't want to go off of Evans? You want to go somebody else? Um, I've I've really been liking T. Y. Hilton this weekend. Uh, he's he's quite a bit less than um, Mike Evans, but uh, I I really like that price that T. Y. Hilton's at. I've got him in a lot of lineups just because he seems to kind of fit really nicely. I, I like his matchup. We've talked about the weather. He's indoors. He's got Andrew Luck throwing his way. Um, you know they're they're playing for the playoffs they're up against a division rival who's right there with them so it's not like they're going to come out and they're it's just you know uh throw the ball around Sunday at the park kind of thing like they're coming out to play and win so uh yeah I I like Hilton a lot kind of if we're going to step away from that top tier of let's say Mike Evans Antonio Brown Odell Beckham Jr we're going to go to the next tier of guys he's even lower than some guys like Jordy Nelson I think he's lower than Jordy Nelson. No, Jordy is lower this week. Okay. I, I know like, they're right around the same area as each other. And yeah, I, Dez is a little bit more. Uh, you're right. Evans, Brown, Beckham, Julio is the top four. Uh, Dez Bryant's number five and Hilton's number six. But, yeah. I mean, he was great last week, just didn't have the touchdown against the Jets. But he still put up good yards. He got lots of catches, lots of looks. I mean, he's the number one threat there. Everybody talks Dante Moncrief. Is he going to Is he gonna take away passes from Hilton? He might take one or two, but T.Y. Hilton gets so many looks week in, week out. Um, it's hard to ignore that kind of volume, and, and he's got one of the most elite quarterbacks in the league throwing to him. So. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins is a GPP play. He had a touchdown last week. Yeah, he, he, got, he got that monkey off his back, so... 
yeah, he uh, he he could be a sneaky GPP play. A lot of people have been avoiding him the last few weeks. His I can't believe his price still hasn't dropped a little more though, just for how disappointing he's been. I think he's he hasn't been below seven thousand all year. And right yeah. now he's seventy what seventy one hundred this week against Indianapolis in a, a supposed to be a plus matchup. It is a plus but it's matchup. It's never for a sure. plus matchup with the Houston offense. Yeah, uh, when Brock Osweiler's throwing your way, I don't care if you're playing a Pee Wee team. It's never a plus matchup. So Kenny Britt had a touchdown last week uh, against the Patriots. This he's been going steady. up against Atlanta. I know he's been really good. We talked about him last week being a a potential fill-in guy. He, his price and his value keeps going up and up for a guy. He was actually really good. Wasn't he with Tennessee a few years ago? Uh, he made a couple huge highlight catches. I remember the name, but yeah, he was. He's been very consistent this year. Uh, Tyrell Williams mentioned him before. He's sixty eight hundred, so he's starting to increase his value. Uh, who would have thought him at the beginning of the year being one of the most valuable Charger wideouts to own this year? It's been kind of a, a renaissance for him. As a yeah, I guy. mean, when the season started, it was uh, Keenan Allen and Travis Benjamin. And then lock and loaded. Yeah, and then Keenan Allen got injured, so Terrell Williams got his chance, and he and he's kind of surpassed Travis Benjamin. And then Inman started to work his way in there, and he's surpassed Travis Benjamin. So their offseason signing is now you know the third guy in the pecking order, and that's with the other top guy injured. So that, that's kind of interesting. That and it says a lot about the San Diego offense, how deep they are and how talented they are. And maybe it says a lot about Philip Rivers. He can make anybody look good if if you're willing to run your routes right. Very true. No, and he's shown that throughout his career. He hasn't been locked in outside of Antonio Gates. Wide receiver-wise, he's kind of gone through the, the gauntlet, much like Tom Brady in terms of, of having multiple guys uh, you know, kind of step up in that wide receiver role. So that's a good point, though. Um, you want to move on tight, excuse me, tight end quickly? Yep. Okay, tight end. I'm uh, just looking now. I was kind of interested to see what the injury report was going to be on Jordan Reed. Looks like he's going to play this week despite the grade 3 separation of the AC joint. That's a that's a huge play. Apparently he had a full session on, on yesterday. And uh, he's the highest-priced tight end this week with Gronk gone. I don't. What do you feel like on Jordan Reed? You, I, I'm not paying up for him. Obviously I probably can't in most of my lineups, but what do you like the prospects of Reed going on this week? Yeah, I you know, I've never been big on him. He started the season with some big games that were really impressive, uh, but since then he hasn't really been worth his salary a lot. Um, and it, he's a kind of guy where it's like, do you want to pay up for somebody who's so boom or bust when you can pay down and you can kind of get some steady points? And, and there's always one tight end every week who's nice and cheap and puts up huge points fantasy-wise. It, it almost makes it hard to justify paying up for Jordan Reed when... You know, he's even he's almost a thousand dollars more than Jimmy Graham, who has a very nice matchup this week. Very true. Um Greg Olson has a nice matchup. He's even cheaper. Delaney Walker, I mean, not a nice matchup, but he's been steady as well all season. So, you know, you're kinda looking at those tier of guys, it's like you know, Jordan Reed is about a thousand or more than a thousand dollars more than all of those guys. C- can you really justify paying up for that uh, against Philly, who's not a bad defense either? It's not really a matchup that jumps off the page at me and says you gotta be picking these kind of players. It feels like that he hasn't played in forever. He played on Thanksgiving uh, against Dallas. I'm talking about Reed yeah. and had a huge game. Like he came back from being out and he put up the extra touchdown and and it was huge. So I mean, his we talk about it all the time. His talent is there. And probably the he's probably the most used tight end in the league, uh, with a guy like Kirk Cousins throwing to him, even more than Gronk, I would say this year especially. So like he's getting the usage and he's getting 
the and he's got the skills, but it's just his injury is such a concern um, that I, people are probably definitely going to stay away from him. He's definitely not going to be the highest owned percentage wise guy. I feel like this week, especially with this designation of a full practice on Friday uh, and lineups would have locked for most people the Thursday through Monday slate. So. Um, you're right. Eifert's up there. Graham's up there. I like Ladarius Green. We talked about that on Wednesday. Um, he only he only had one good game, so maybe I'm chasing points a little bit. But um, he he's got that skill, and he had that skill last year with San Diego as Antonio Gates' backup. So he's getting he's getting the top line minutes, and he's pro- arguably got a better offense to work with this year in Pittsburgh. He just hasn't been able to show that with the injury. So it, for most of my cash games, I'm going Ladarius, and I feel like that's kind of where most people are going to go as well. Yeah, uh, it's not really a plus matchup necessarily, just because Buffalo's pretty good pass defense. Right. Pretty good defense, period. Um, and there's so many mouths to feed in Pittsburgh. That's the one thing that concerns me about Ladarius Green is some weeks he'll he'll get his matchup and he'll get his points, and then some weeks he might disappear. And, and that's happened to me a few times where I've used him and he's put up a big fat zero. Or you know just a couple points and and uh, and it's just because you know you've got the likes of Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, who pass catches a lot as well as runs the ball. Um, so yeah, that's that's the one thing that concerns me about Ladarius Green. Uh, but again, if we're talking about paying up for some of these big names, you can't then turn around and also pay for a Jimmy Graham or a Jordan Reed. You've got to look a little bit cheaper. And when you get to those you know cheaper names. You're kind of like, I'm shrugging my shoulders a little bit. Do I want Fedorowicz or do I want, you know, all these names are sitting there and Kyle, none of them. Lan, is it Lance or Kyle Kendricks or what's it? Lance Kendricks. Lance yeah. Kendricks. Kyle like, Kendricks is a pitcher for the MLB. <laughs> Never mind. He won't be on your roster he this weekend. He can play though. Yeah, maybe wait till uh, April or May. But uh, So yeah, a lot of these names, again, aren't very inspiring. So, you know, that's that's the thing that's concerning me about tight end this week is, you know, who do you, who do you pick to to fit in the rest of the guys. And that it's, it kind of seems like that every week with tight end lately, especially every. with Gronk out. And when he has been back, he hasn't been playing well. So then, it, you know, there's nobody that's like, yeah, you got to have that guy at tight end because it's sort of a crapshoot every Kelsey week. Kelsey is probably the closest. Kelsey's been really steady the last few weeks. I say that as somebody that hasn't been my season long, and he had a great game this week as well, um, points-wise. So, yeah. he He's becoming more and more valuable. If you're kind of starting to think about next year, he might be... Probably the top tight end off the board potentially. You got to think so. I mean, he's not he he's not very injury prone. Last two seasons, he's been pretty steady and, right. and had a couple bumps and bruises here and there. But he hasn't missed major time like Reed and and Gronk. No, um, and he's been just as productive. Uh, obviously, this season with them being out, he's been way more productive. And he's not as touchdown dependent as a guy like Tyler Eifert, who is definitely you know he was drafted kind of high even with an injury designation. Uh, coming into the season, but he was definitely touchdown dependent. Eifert is, and yeah. Kelsey is not. He can put up good stats though having a touchdown. Oh yeah, Kelsey plays very much like uh, you know a checkdown receiver, uh, and he can go long as well. He's right. very fast and very athletic. So right. he's he's a tight end, and he's he blocks, and he just they love him there because he just does everything. And and Alex Smith, we know he's not the deep ball thrower, but he last week he showed that he can throw it deep a couple times, catch you off guard. But he loves those. Yeah, Chris Conley got a nice catch there on yep. Thursday night. Yeah, and Kelsey the week before had that nice long one. Um, but he loves those checkdown passes to Ware and and to Kelsey, and you know the intermediate passes, you know, ten fifteen yards, and and let his his runners do the work. And Kelsey's very good after the catch too. So yeah, he's ste- super steady. I love him. What about your guy Cam Bray? Make 
Make America Braid Make America again. Braid again. Uh, we he's got a nice with, matchup. We were talking with one of our, our buddies there on Thursday night. And yeah, he's got looking like he's got Braid in a lineup this week. You're right, good matchup as well. We say that, and it could be you know a gong show, but and a cheaper price than uh, most of the higher higher priced tight ends. Excuse me. So yeah, I mean, and he's always had that nice price um, <laughs> for the potential that he's got. I mean, you have to you have to be realistic about him potentially putting up a dud of a game because you know he's down in the pecking order from Mike Evans, and you could argue that he's kind of tied there with some of the other receivers. Um, but they and, don't have those other receivers this week. Yeah, that's that's true. Cecil so that gives Shorts him a bit of a Adam bump. Humphreys are out. That gives him a bit of a bump for sure. There so. you go. There, there's lots of choices at tight end. You're gonna fi- you're gonna have your Dennis Pitta and put up you know three touchdowns. There was another tight end this week, or was it Green? There was Pitta and there was somebody else that put up like twenty two. Well, Green had a great game. He did, but there was another. No, it might have been Pitta. I mean, I Kelsey put up I think eighteen. Okay. Last week? Yeah, like there was a guy that had multiple touchdowns for sure alongside Pitta, but I might be just mistaken. But anyways, that's okay. Lots of tight ends to choose from. Kicker-wise, we talked about it. Dome guys. You're probably looking for dome guys, guys with less variable and, and you know less conditions as well. I mean, Matt Prater kind of stands out to me. He's had a, you know, a good value. He's the third highest price kicker this week, so you kind of have to pay up. Uh well, uh, what else we got there? Vinatieri, you mentioned in Indian- Indianapolis. Excuse me, Matt, Nick uh, Novak Matt. on the other side. What's that, sir? Nick Novak. Nick Novak. You've been kind of high on Novak in past weeks. Well, as he's well. he's cheap and and he has some good games. They don't have a great red zone offense, so he he has to kick a lot of field goals just because they don't get it in the end zone. So I read a bunch on Dan Bailey. He's got he's actually a really low price compared to the stats that he's been putting up this year. I mean, he's kind of been injured off and on, but. Uh, Bailey going up against the Giants on Sunday night. Uh, it's in the Meadowlands, so that's kind of scary. But uh, I don't. I, I guess it's kind of the matchup driven. Um, what other guys I'm looking at? I mean, McManus in Tennessee. Um, yeah, you talked about Novak, Aguayo potentially if you really want to cheap out on kicker as probably one of the best lower priced yep. kickers at 4,500 uh, at home in Tampa Bay. So. Probably there's there's some different choices out there for you at kicker defense. We talked about it on Wednesday. I like Detroit, and you like Detroit in terms of the price. Yep. The price for Detroit is actually very reasonable, and you can eat that highest price of Cincinnati. Obviously, going up against Cleveland, um, anybody going up against Cleveland is going to be pretty highly priced. Yeah, uh, like we said earlier, question mark in RG three. Does he come out and put up a dud, or does he Four play? Picks, maybe. Does he play rested and and have a great game? Who knows? I'm going to say. More chance Runs that he puts a up a dead. Uh, so, yeah, Bengals are a good choice. I like the Vikings. Yes, you do. Um, up yeah. against Jacksonville. They can, Hard not to like. They can make Jacksonville pay just like Denver did last week. We talked about it on, on the podcast earlier this week, and I'm rolling with the Vikings a lot. But, yeah, the Lions, I think, with the price and the matchup is is a very nice pick this week. There you go. So, lots of talk about there for the NFL. Week 14, it's going to be a good Sunday to sit down on the couch. Um, we got our Christmas party tonight, so it's going to be a little bit tired, a little bit sluggish tomorrow. Going to have uh, the tablet going, the computer going, watching some football tomorrow. So yeah. looking forward to that. Uh, just switching to NHL quickly, we'll get some NHL in. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about and what I'm looking at is Antti Ranta, uh, goalie for the New York Rangers. He's playing back-to-back games, and he was good last night 
against the Blackhawks, I have Scott Darling after I put um, Corey Crawford on my IR. Darling, there was a 0-0 battle. There was tons of shots for both teams. Um, obviously, the Rangers won in overtime, one nothing. But I'm kind of surprised at Ranta getting back-to-back starts. Usually, you see your, your star goalie potentially going back-to-back in a situation where maybe they don't trust the backup. But this is kind of an interesting one where Ranta, they must feel really strongly, or maybe something with Lundqvist is up. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe he's had a bit of a nagging injury that's not really serious, or maybe he's you know had the John Gibson situation, a little bit of the Hershey squirts, and, and they don't want to put you in back-to-back or whatever. Wasn't so. that a story, hey? Yeah. I, I'm surprised that they came out and said that. Like They could have been like, oh, you know, he was just not feeling well and left it there, but they're like, yeah, he's got... <laughs> He's got diarrhea. Uh, diarrhea. That's like uh, one of the pitchers in MLB there. It's like the infamous quote of, oh, I had diarrhea. It's like a Korean guy, and all the reporters are laughing around him. He's like, <laughs> what? I had diarrhea. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, is it Carlisle there? Yeah, he's kind of blew yeah. him up there in the media in Calgary. Uh, blew, who was that? Was it Gibson up? Because Bernier yeah, was, was the one who got burned yeah, for all the Gibson goals. Yeah, it was Gibson who had the shits. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, anyway, so that's interesting there with, with Ranta. Keep an eye on that if you're a Rangers fan or a Lundqvist owner. Uh, I don't know what the big deal is, but, um, also look at I me, mean, Marcus Johansson and the Caps offense are looking really good. Uh, they won over Buffalo last night. Um, just looking now, Rangers got Bessie back. So yeah, they won against Chicago. Uh, Steve Mason, we watched that on Thursday, that Edmonton and Philly game. That was so entertaining to watch because it was 6-5. And uh, offense back and forth. And the Oilers are starting to free fall. As well as our Flames are starting to really pick it up. And Johnson's looking even better. Yeah, I, I need to send Johnson a gift basket for saving my fantasy season. That's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's been... Uh, I was a little bit weirded out by the Oilers. So they were playing on a back-to-back. And they were playing Philly, a really good offense. And they uh, they played Gustafson, their backup, against Philly. And then on the second of the back-to-back, they played Talbot against the Wild, who are not a really good offensive team. I'm a little interested why they did it that way and not the other way around. And put Gustafson against the Wild? Yeah, I mean, the Wild aren't as good of an offensive team as uh, as as the Flyers are. Right. So why not put your best goalie in Talbot's against... Talbot's been actually pretty good Oh, he's had them. a great season, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's the reason that the Oilers are, he's one of the biggest reasons why the Oilers are in first in the Pacific is because he's had a very strong season. So why not play him against the Flyers and then let Gustafson take the back-to-back against the Wild? I didn't understand that. And Gustafson got lit up against the Flyers. Like, I think the Oilers, anytime you score that many goals, you should probably win the game. Yeah. And the Oilers lost in regulation. Was, uh, and yeah, it was super late in the game. It was like, yeah, a minute 30 and a seconds half left. left. Yeah, something like that. So it was really tough there. I'm uh, just looking also partially. I mean, Jonathan Quick, another goalie. I mean, he's been out since the opening night. He's starting to get his rehab uh, process back in order. He's apparently no setback. So um, there was a three month timetable, but I'm starting to think that maybe they could get him back before Christmas. Uh, I know there'll be a little bit of a break there. Uh, for the the schedule wise, but potentially getting the Kings uh, number one goalie back could be even better for them. I mean, we talked about Budai being unbelievable and really stepping up for them, um, but it, it's always going to be beneficial to get your number one back. Yeah, I think that you know Los Angeles has actually been pretty impressive considering they've been having to ride Peter Budai 
uh, through this little stretch here. He had here. like 22 in a row, I want to say, or like he had at least 20 in a row games started for them. Yeah, and and uh, everybody was kind of, I remember when Quick got injured, everybody was saying, oh, they've got Budai, they're going to be on the trade market, who's going to be moving, maybe this is the time that somebody gets moved around with the expansion draft coming up. And LA kind of just sat still and they trusted their team and, and Budai has played very well and kept them in it. And you got to think when Jonathan Quick comes back and they're still sitting in a playoff position, which they are right now, I believe. Um, yeah, I think they're wild card or they might be third in the I Pacific. I can really find that for you. Um, but yeah, the fact that Quick's going to come back and they're going to be in a playoff position, like that's got to be really exciting if you're a Kings fan. It's huge, right? I mean, you definitely... He is your face of your franchise. Franchise, excuse me. Um, you, you got Anze Kopitar, but that offense is not prolific. It's not going to. They're, they're a very solid defensive solid, team, and they rely on their goalie to keep them in games. And Quick has done that for his entirety of his his Kings career. So, hundred percent, like that's um, something you you know you got to be ecstatic that if you're in a wild card spot. I'm just quickly looking this up as we speak here. They are. Where's the points? They're they're two slots out of the playoff. They're one point out of the wild card. Winnipeg okay. holds the final wild card position there at twenty nine points. Nashville at twenty eight, and the and the Kings are also at twenty eight. Dallas at twenty eight. Vancouver's at twenty six. Vancouver, the team that we crapped on for the majority of this season, it looks like they're turning it around. They've got 12 wins, 13 losses. Where did that kind of come from? Uh, they've steadily put together some wins, but I, I don't think that they're for real. They st- I watched them a little bit the other night. We, and didn't think the, we didn't think the Flames were for real, though, and now look at them. I thought the Flames were for real. They were just underperforming, and I was like, okay, something's going on here. And they're then, one point out of the position, Pacific lead. You're right. Yeah, um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know if Vancouver's for real. And I'm not saying that as a Flames fan shitting on Vancouver because I think the Oilers are right now. I think the Oilers are playing worse than they should be. I think they started a little hotter than they really are, and I yeah. think now they're a little colder than they really are. Right. And you know they should be kind of somewhere in between where they start and where they currently stand. Um, I think Vancouver has kind of pulled a couple wins out. I mean, they are a bad, bad, bad team. Right. They're not good. Uh, they have such bad forward depth they've got a couple good players that are getting kind of on in their years uh obviously the Sedins. louis erickson is a little bit older he's supposed to be a veteran he kind of he started really cold he's picked it up a little bit is he going to be the louis erickson that they sign and expect him to be or is he going to is is this a hot streak and he's going to go back to how he was i i don't have any faith in vancouver i think that team should have blown it up a couple years ago no, true, and we talked about that before. So, Sadines are are out of their range to be, you know, full value for any trade. So, um, it's it, it's interesting to see um, just the standings because I have actually have not checked the standings probably all year. It's it's interesting to see Minnesota's also up there and the play of Devin Dubnik. Uh, it's got to be got to be mentioned because he's been probably top two, top three goalie of the year so far. Yep. Up with the prices. Rask has been really good there for Boston. But I think if, if Dubnik doesn't get the credit he deserves uh, because he's in a market like Minnesota, if he was playing like this in a Toronto and potentially having Toronto in, a, in the same position as a Minnesota, we'd be talking about him being probably the best goalie in Canada, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. I up mean, there with Price. Like, he's been unbelievable. He's on a team that doesn't score a lot of goals. And so, you know, they they... 
he can't take a night off or they lose. No, ever. Because they do not have the offense to make up for a rough game from their goalie. They're not like the Oilers where they can put up four or five a night and if your goalie lets in three or four, you can win or get it to the get it to overtime and at least get that loser point or whatever. No, he he's not that kind of goalie. He can't he can't take a night off. They're not that kind of team that can score goals. So he's got to be on it every single night. He's he's got to make sure he only lets in one or two goals. Like that's got to be stressful going into a game knowing if you let in two, your team might not win because they, they might that's not score Bryce, two goals. That's how Bryce does it pretty much every night with them, especially now but with Montreal, this Montreal Yeah, offense. I mean, they're they're injured now, but Montreal, when they're healthy, you at least look at that lineup and you're like, these guys can score goals. Like, there's a few different lines of guys that can put up points. Right. Um, I don't see that with Minnesota. I mean, even some of their goal-scoring vets don't even put up that many points. Like, we're talking Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl, yeah. Like, he's not really Jason a prolific goal scorer anymore. Yeah, exactly. Nino so, Niederreiter, is he still there, I think? He is. He's a younger guy, though. Yes, he is. He's bounced around the NHL uh, a bit. Parise, but, is he still around? Yeah, Parise's still there, and, and he was that skating good last game. night. We can go back and forth on naming any of the... But uh, and, and their defense doesn't score, but they're a steady defense. So, yeah, they lean very much on their defense and on Devin, Devin Dubnik, so... No, exactly. So it's interesting to see. I mean, it's it's early. We haven't even hit Christmas yet for the NHL, but there's some definitely some players that you got to target. I mean, Pasternak. We talked about the young guys. Line is still up there in terms of goal scoring. Pasternak had two um, the other night. It, it's good to see that there's more depth. I feel like uh, in the league, uh, goal scoring wise, and uh, going forward. So looking forward to more of that heading along into the year. Quickly, basketball wise. We got triple-double machine in Russell Westbrook. He didn't, I guess if you had him in daily fantasy, he probably didn't hit value for you last night. Uh, he, had, he had 27, 10, and 10. So that would have, what, I guess probably around 55 points. Yeah. But he had eight turnovers. So you minus eight, or is it actually yeah, one for eight. turnover? So you minus eight from that. We talk about him hitting value pretty much every game. It's still an unbelievable line. But he probably didn't hit value for you last night. Yeah, I mean, his price is now getting up to where, like we said, it's not automatic that you throw him in. It's still sometimes he still hits value no matter where they put his price at. But, you know, a few weeks ago it was like you throw in Russell Westbrook and and you don't question it. And now they kind of got his price up where you at least have to take a moment and think about it. And, and, you know, you'll see that some nights he won't hit value, but he's still putting up stupidly high points. And, you know, even if... he, you could pretty be pretty confident he's going to get you f- at least 50 fantasy points. 50, yeah. So if you can find, you know, another 250 throughout your lineup, you, that's a pretty good cash lineup right there. But then you got to, somewhere you've got to find a guy who's going to go five or six times value. And that's that's really where, you know, watching injury reports in NBA comes in huge for you. Because you can find a guy who usually gets, let's say, 15 minutes off the bench and has decent games here and there. He's priced at $4,100 on FanDuel, and he gets thrust into a starter's role and plays 26 to 30 minutes and has a huge game. Tony Allen's been that for the Memphis Grizzlies. Weeks, yeah. Uh, his price is starting to go up now that he's been hitting like seven, eight times value some nights. I, I remember I had him at $4,000, and he put up like 41 fantasy points. I think That's he like, had, what is it? He would have had 19 and 14 in terms of like 19 yeah. points, 14 rebounds, and he played extended minutes. Was that the overtime? That game? That was the overtime well? game. But even you got to love those overtime at, games. He was still at points. like 32 points after four quarters, and then he got it up to like 40, 41 points. 
that's he was like over ten times value that night. It was ridiculous. You don't you don't find that with the lower price guys. You find that like a Davis who hit ten times value like opening night there. You usually don't find ten times value um, with with the lower price guys. You find five or six, which is you take that every game. But to find that that was a good night for you there, yeah, and definitely helped you out. We talked about paying up for centers uh, on FanDuel as well. Uh, with Hassan Whiteside at one point. I mean, we were just talking before we started. Uh, Andre Drummond has had back-to-back 2020 games for the Detroit Pistons. So he's a guy at center. I mean, you got to look at now heading into the rest of this weekend and such. But he's been on a tear. I mean, um, we're looking at LeBron. He had a nice, solid line of 27-8-8 last night. He's been, like, he puts up, for the most part, he puts up consistent lines that are really going under notice with guys like Westbrook and Harden going off. Um, Durant really, you know, putting up good lines there in, in Golden State. Curry, obviously, he we are, he's the most consistent guy um, with, with that line of, let's say, I think he's averaging 29, 8, and 8 on the season. So super consistent there for LeBron. Yeah, and just minutes, right? It's all going to come down to minutes going on the rest of the season. Yeah, and he's, he's really, really steady. Um, his price hasn't really changed much throughout the season at all. No, it hasn't. You know, we've seen Westbrook started high, and now he's really, really high, and Davis has gone up and down, and, and Harden's kind of gone up and down a little bit, but LeBron's just steadily sat at, sat at that price, and you kind of know when you roster him, you know what you're getting. I think I've rostered him once and been disappointed every other time, Same. but there's also, I've never really rostered him and been like, all right, like what a pick. I really nailed that one. No, it's just, he's pretty steady. He's going to hit his five times value. Um, and then you you know you got to trust the rest of your lineup to do the same. True, true. I mean, you also talked about looking at uh, injury reports and and finding guys. I mean, the cheaper version for me has been Wayne Ellington out of Miami. Um, with Dion uh, Waiters has been out. We talked about Drogic being out. Uh, Justice Winslow. So they've had some guards have to step up, and, and Ellington has been one of them, especially this week. Has been very good. Uh, putting up d- double digits, 15, 20 points a night. And, I mean, last night, just quickly looking, the injuries on the Lakers opened up an opportunity for Lou Williams to come in and put 35 points up. Um, he would have been a great find. He's a cheaper point guard, shooting guard, whatever they have him on, um, as on, on, on FanDuel, excuse me. But uh, Lou Williams, again, just looking at those the injury options, Nick Young was out, D'Angelo Russell's out with the knee, Jose Calderon couldn't play, so it was Williams to put up 35 minutes and 35 points. So another great game there for the Laker guard. Yeah, they've had some some rough injuries there with the Lakers, and Lou Williams has been the kind of guy who's been pretty steady, and he has some big-time games. Like I, I've rostered him a few times as well, and I've seen him pretty consistently hit four to five times value, and then yeah. there's some days he just goes off. He had a 40 on a Saturday night. I can't remember. It was a couple weeks ago. He had 40 on a Saturday night. It was yeah. just crazy, too. So, yeah, and he's in the, that, that just, again, comes back to our point of checking out injury reports every single day. Is, is somebody getting thrust into a role that is above where their price range is? I mean, basketball is very much like, obviously there's the stars and the guys that are game changers, but it's also very much about the role that you're playing on a nightly basis. If you're in that starting lineup, that's a boost right there. That means more minutes, that means more points, more opportunities. Um, for the most part, I mean, obviously there's guys that sometimes get in that starting rotation and, and disappoint, right. but, or they get in foul trouble, whatever. That's part of the thing. Andrew Harrison sports. of Memphis trying to take over for Mike Conley. They're really struggling to find a guard that can uh, consistently put up 
points and value for them at the guard. He has the the starter's job in, in technically, but he's not getting the minutes really. They're really doing a platoon there in Memphis, so it, that's interesting situation to keep a track of as well. So, um, exactly. So I think that'll probably about do it for today. Um, we do appreciate tuning in. That was a good good conversation. Got a lot of uh, topics out there on the table. You're gonna hit up the gym right now. Pump I'm gonna some go lift some metal shit. I'm gonna try to uh, conserve my voice and survive um, for the next few hours until our Christmas party tonight. So. We will be back next week. There's only two weeks left of Thursday night football at Boston Pizza. So if you're in the Madison Hat area, next Thursday and the following Thursday, December 22nd is the last Thursday we'll be doing that. So just a little PSA. As always, head to our website, keytothegame.com. We've got our FanDuel offer. As always, uh, it's five entries into multiple sports, NFL, NBA, and NHL for you. The beginner contest. All that fun stuff. Keytothegame.com. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find your podcast. You found us today. We do appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Dax, take us away. Have a great week on FanDuel. I hope you win lots and lots of money and then send me some of it and help me buy Christmas gifts. Thanks for downloading this episode of Key to the Game. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and visit keytothegame.com for past episodes and in-depth articles. 